Hello and welcome to the third edition of Can of Corn. Thanks for tuning in and a special thank you to those of you who have listened to episodes one and two. And if you're a first time listener, welcome to the program. Before I dive into today's topics, it would be remiss of me if I did not send my warm wishes to Orioles first baseman and outfielder Trey Mancini. The 28-year-old announced this past week that he's been diagnosed with stage 3 colon cancer and will be missing the 2020 season, if indeed there's a 2020 season. Mancini, a guy who's just entering the prime of his career, hit 291 with 35 homers and 97 RBI last year in 154 games for the Orioles, and was one of the few bright spots on the Orioles ball club last year. The O's went 54-108 and and finished last in the American League East. But we wish, we wish Trey the very best and hope to see him out on the field as soon as he can be. I'd like to revisit a topic I talked about a couple weeks ago in episode one on Tuesday. To no one's surprise, I would assume, the Baseball Hall of Fame announced that there will be no induction ceremony this summer in July and that the class of 2020, which includes Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, Ted Simmons, and former Players Association leader Marvin Miller will be inducted in the summer of 2021. So for those of you who are thinking, who might they join in 2021? Next year's ballot really doesn't have any players that are going to be considered shoe-ins for first-time induction. There are a few borderline players headlined by Mark Burley and Tim Hudson, who may or may not get in, but it's almost certain that they won't get in on their first ballot. And in addition to that, Kurt Schilling, who got 70% of the vote this past year, will be back on the ballot. So he may or may not break that 75% threshold and join the class in 2021. So that's something to take uh, into consideration for those of you who are wondering about that. And this year's induction ceremony was actually supposed to break the record in 2007. About 80,000 people showed up in Cooperstown when Cal Ripken Jr. and Tony Gwynn were inducted. So that'll probably still be the case next year, but the Hall of Fame was really expecting a large crowd this summer. And I'm sure that the people of Cooperstown, the Baseball Hall of Fame, and all the businesses are really going to miss this year's induction. There have been several media reports this past week about what an abbreviated Major League season would look like this year. So I'm just going to go over some of the highlights and the more interesting potential storylines that could take place this summer. So per multiple reports, the teams are looking to play at their home ballparks and realign divisions strictly by geography. So the American League and National League as we know it would be scrapped for 2020 and the teams would play in three 10-team divisions broken down between the East, the Central, and the West. So that would mean a few interesting rivalries would be able to take place more often due to this realignment. So the Dodgers and the Astros, of course the Astros beat the Dodgers in the 2017 World Series that we now know was tainted, would be in the West Division. So they would get to play each other more often. Of course, both of them are in the, the different leagues, and now they would be in the same division. Interesting thing to watch. Same goes for the Yankees. They would be in the same division as the Boston Red Sox and the Mets. So, of course, they normally play the Red Sox 18 times a year because they're in the American League East, but they would get to see their crosstown rivals, the Mets, more often this year, potentially. 
And then ditto for the Cubs. They would be in the same division as the Cardinals as well as the Chicago White Sox. So the inner city rivalries would be an interesting storyline to follow this summer. And it looks like as of right now, the clubs are trying to put together a 100-game schedule that would start in July. So we'll see if that can happen or not. And another thing that I want to point out is that scheduled doubleheaders may or may not become a thing. They really haven't been a thing since the 1950s, and now doubleheaders are simply played when it's there's a weather makeup. But this year, they could be scheduled doubleheaders. And as Ernie Banks once said on a pretty day, let's play too. I think that would be a fun thing to have this year. Not really by design, but due to the circumstances we're in, we could return to doubleheaders and really a throwback to the past. Opening day is set for Tuesday, May 5th, and no, not Major League Opening Day, but the opening day for the Korean Baseball League, or the KBO as it's abbreviated. The 10-team league is going to have five games in five different stadiums on Tuesday. No fans, of course, for the time being. There's going to be temperature checks for players and coaches, and spitting and high-fiving have both been outlawed for the time being to, due to the virus. The KBO does have a few former Major League Baseball players on the team rosters. There are a limit of three foreign players per team. One of the most notable players that pitched in the majors that's now in the KBO is Dan Straley, who pitches for the Rote Giants in Busan. He last pitched in the majors last season in 2019, 14 games for Baltimore, made eight starts, 52 earned runs, and 47 and two-thirds innings pitched. That's a 9.82 ERA. But Straley is going to make his KBO debut this season, hoping to get his career probably back on track and hopefully back stateside. He wouldn't be the first player to do so. Eric Thames, notably of the Milwaukee Brewers, played a couple seasons in Korea a few years ago and came back and really resurrected his career. So nothing to say that other players can't do the same. And for those of you who are interested or wondering in Asia, the Nippon Professional Baseball League of Japan, probably the highest level of baseball in Asia has suspended its season indefinitely. I'd like to stay in Asia, but turn from South Korea to Taiwan, where multiple reports indicate that 12-time All-Star, 9-time Silver Slugger, and 2002 American League batting champion Manny Ramirez is reportedly considering a comeback in the Chinese Professional Baseball League. Now, Ramirez turns 48 on May 30th, and it wouldn't be his first appearance in the league. He hit 352 with 8 homers and 43 RBI in 49 games for the EDL Rhinos in 2013. Of course, Ramirez last appeared in Major League Baseball in 2011 in five games for the Tampa Bay Rays. He had one hit in 17 at-bats before abruptly retiring when it was found out that he'd tested positive for a banned substance during spring training that year. And rather than appeal his suspension, he just retired from Major League Baseball. 
So an interesting story to keep track of. Potentially Ramirez is going to try and make a comeback, although I'm not sure how serious he is about it due to his age and the amount of time he's been out of professional baseball. So it could just be Manny being Manny, but I guess we'll see if there's something to it here in the coming weeks if he decides to suit up and if a team will sign him to a contract. I'll wrap things up with On This Date in Baseball History. I'm recording this on Sunday, May 3rd. On May 3rd of 1936, 21-year-old outfielder Joe DiMaggio made his Major League debut for the Yankees in the Bronx. He had three hits and a 14-5 win for the Bombers over the St. Louis Browns. On this date in 1966, Cleveland right-hander Louis Tiant recorded his third consecutive shutout when he blanked the Yankees 1-0 at Yankee Stadium. Tiant gave up four hits and struck out four, and he went on to have five shutouts that year, and he tied Tommy John and Sam McDowell for the American League lead. Tiant finished his career with 49 shutouts, including a career high of nine in 1968. And those 49 shutouts put Tiant in elite company. He's tied for 21st all-time with Hall of Famers Early Win, Fergie Jenkins, and Don Drysdale. And on this date in 1980, Willie McCovey hit his 521st career home run. It would be his final career homer in a Giants 3-2 loss at Olympic Stadium in Montreal. And McCovey that day joined Ted Williams as the only two players to ever homer in four different decades. McCovey hit 13 homers in 52 games in 1959 for the Giants when he won Rookie of the Year. So that'll do it for the third episode of Can of Corn. Thanks to everybody who's tuned in, and I hope that everyone stays safe and healthy.